It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Redskins. Your daily Washington Redskins podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, we welcome you to another episode of the Locked on Redskins podcast. Good to have you with us. I am your host, Chris Russell. We've got a packed show again on today's episode. Uh, And just from a personal note uh, today, uh, as we uh, put this out late Tuesday night into Wednesday morning, Wednesday, very important day in my life, um, my son. Tyler is graduating from high school. You've probably heard Tyler a time or two uh, here on this podcast if you are a regular listener, and I appreciate it if you are. You may have just heard him recently. Um, Tyler is graduating from high school in Canton, Ohio, so uh, looking very much forward to seeing my son graduate high school. And um, hey, look, nothing is guaranteed to us in life, so every major milestone uh, that I get to is very, very, very important to me. So, um, you know, just wanted to throw that out there because it's important. All right, so let's get to this. We're going to have in this particular episode a look at the 2000 Washington Redskins. Now, you might say, well, why are we doing that, right? We have a time machine theme. Uh, this week on the Locked On Redskins podcast and on the Locked On Podcast Network. You'll hear many uh, of the podcasts. Now, listen, we're all trying to create content. The Redskins keep providing us content with all these great uh, Zoom video conferences in lieu of us not being able to go to OTAs and workouts and actually talk to people in person. Uh, We've had all of these. They're doing coaches this week. We will have... um, some of that audio and reaction to all of that uh, coming up in later episodes. We will have Landon Collins in full on today's episode. Uh, But the bottom line is this. We're doing the time machine theme. We'll look at the 2000 Washington Redskins just like we looked in the last episode at the 1990 Washington Redskins. Coming up, we'll look at the 2010 Washington Redskins, which was a doozy, and I might need more than one show for that because i got plenty of stories uh, to tell you on that. Speaking of Tyler, here he is, the high school graduate. He's joining us. Hi, I'm Chris Redding. Yes, you are. Congratulations, buddy. I'm so proud of you. Me too. I'm proud of you, man. Yep. Congratulations. Yeah, baby. <laughs> yeah, baby. All right. Uh, Dad's got to finish up his podcast here. All right. Out to uh, Landon Collins, part one. We're going to split it up into two. The Redskins' highly paid safety leader of the defense in addition to Jonathan Allen. How much better will he be in year two as opposed to year one? He's fine. He just didn't make those game-changing impact plays that you need him to make, especially at the money, certainly, that he's making. And certainly, the defense wasn't any good, so it's hard to sit here and celebrate Landon Collins' first year with the Washington Redskins. But here's part one right here on LOR. Can you tell us uh, about the adjustment to the new coaching staff, how that's been going, and, and what you sense it might do for you and uh, and your career with the team? The adjustment to the coaching staff, what else? Just what it might do for you as a player. 
Um, oh, the adjustment to the coaching staff. I mean, I like the adjustment from the coaching staff. I mean, coaches we had last year were really good. Um, that was around that was the ones that, that coached me in the defensive room was really good. But um, the coaching staff now is very hands-on. They like the detail. I like the details. I like the awareness of what's going on. Um, how people um, know exactly what's going on, never even find detail of them. When the motion was to happen, if something was to change within the call or change within the formation that makes our defense change, everything is pinpointed. That's the best thing about the defense. And for me, everybody's going to have their job and know what their job is. If anything happened, they know what to do within their job. So um, that makes sure that makes it easy for everybody to be on the same page. And everybody literally knows what everybody else is supposed to be doing. So that makes it easy to um, just be able to communicate and be on the same page and react faster. Everything is about second reaction and inches. So I'm not saying that uh, we just need that part uh, to be very sound. What what have you been able to get out of those Zoom? How hard is it to get a lot out of the Zoom meetings? Like, is can you get as much out of what you need, you know, to, to help kind of advance what you guys need to do? I mean, how much are you able to get out of it? Uh, everything it's like it's basically like a team meeting as uh do you want to say we basically say if we're in a facility right now we're going over installing the defense or we're installing whatever we're installing it's the same way we're going through the same process of what we do the only thing we're not doing is going on just taking that what we took from the like the classroom onto the field so that's the only difference right now but it's 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 fairly easy uh we ask our questions like we tell we tell our group that there's no dumb questions there's no stupid questions there's no questions that we cannot answer. And then once there's actually have a question, like today I had a question about a couple of things because I didn't still, I wasn't in it. I was trying to picture it in my head. And most of my players, we picture a lot of stuff in our head, you know? So we're trying to picture it in my head. And I'm like, I, I don't see what you mean by it. So I just kind of asked my question, asked my questions until I got it down. Regardless of how long it takes, we got to get it down. So, because at the end of the day, once football season start, or once we all start back up, we don't know if we're going straight into football or we're going to have some time before we start, you know. So um, those questions, those answers, um, how everything goes and within the Zoom meetings, is fairly, fairly the same as we are in a team meeting room. Are you – do you – have you kept in touch with your teammates to make sure that everybody's working out and staying in the shape that you they need to be, you know, for when this starts back up? Um, fairly, fairly so. It's, it's kind of easy because most of us post what we do on Instagram. So I know what everybody's doing. I follow everybody on Instagram. So I could just look up the Instagram and, and see if they're working. Uh, but more than everybody knows right now, since we don't have OTAs, don't have everything going on, this is the time and period that everybody starts to work out because we will have, uh, we will have caps. So we going, everybody wants to go to camp at least like a decent shape to, you know, play football because playing with shoulder pass in the next, you know, in a week or so from starting camp is very, very tough. And as, as we all know, so, uh, but the saying, so having to text guys to tell them that actually they're working out. No, I don't have to do so. Have you really had a lot of chance to talk with Rivera yourself? And then I was curious too, how he was in that team meeting, I guess he had on Monday with all you guys, like the first uh-huh. Big dress. What was that like? And then what meetings have you had just personally with him? Uh, that meeting was very stern and straight to the point. And, um, and he's telling us his uh, his high, high his expectations of the team and where he wants to go with us and what he looks for us uh, once we all get together. So it's very, 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 very good, very stern. Um, putting us common down a set stone ground to everybody know what to look forward to and what, to come, what kind of mindset to come in with this team. 
um, personally, with me and his text messages and what we talked about, um, I mean, we don't, we, 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 I think we talked on the phone maybe three times, but um, we text, and we text more. <laughs> I was surprised we text more than, um, than we, uh, we talk on the phone. So, but it's just like, how you doing, you know, good comment stuff, but then me, if anything needs to be nitty gritty, he asked me for stuff, he asked me, you know, to be the leader that I am and stuff like that. So, I mean, to give you a focal point, just to be, always to be myself, but, um, and to continue to be the leader that I am um, and keep doing it the right way. That's, that's kind of the, that's kind of the gist of how we uh, handle our stuff. Uh, hey, Landon, I was just curious, how do you think the, the uh, front line will help kind of what you guys do on the back end with the addition of Chase Young and, you know, just every guy like Montez coming into his second year and all the talent that you guys have there. Are you talking about our D line? You said the front lines. I ain't know what you mean. Yeah, yeah, sorry. I'm just messing with you. I know what you mean. <laughs> but uh, um, I think playing with our the defensive front that we have with um, with veterans like John Allen, uh, Deron Payne, uh, uh, Settle, uh, Montez, all those guys. Uh, I and I just all those guys gonna be able to chase, teach chase. You know. Uh, I would say teach Chase uh, NFL football. I would say KT, he's a guardian, a great athlete. So that's going to be a dominant force that he already is reckoned with and have within himself. But um, having those guys around him just to teach him how to, hey, how to attack this, how to read this, how you can just play this this better uh, on a professional league and stuff, you know, getting out of his college farm, that's going to be great. And have to help, how it helps us with uh, we got a, a good, great speed guy, Montez, what off the end. Now we got a, another physical guy right there behind Ryan, uh, Ryan uh, Kerrigan and uh, getting Kerrigan some more rest time because we know when Ryan uh, Kerrigan has rest legs, we know what, what, what he can do. So uh, that's that's a big that's a big uh, plus for us because we can always rotate them in and out and they make plays. So when they make plays, they have make it easiest for us on the back end. We don't have to cover for so long and when it's not covering for so long, the ball is coming out fast. By the ball not coming out fast, you're not getting big gains, and the ball's not going over our head. That's DB. So that's that's a major key when we playing, you know, playing with a great D line like that, a great right up front. Hopefully, you know. You mentioned Rivera being uh, stern in that meeting and kind of setting expectations, and also that you have been uh, communicating with him on the side a lot. Just curious, how does that compare? Either of those things compared to what you've uh, experienced before with other head coaches. The experience with other head coaches, I mean, every experience with each head coach is different. It depends on the guys you got around. We got, I think we got a fairly young team. Um, so, a coach with a stern, stern, um, stern background coming in with the focal point of how you want things to be run, just to give guys uh, attention and grab their attention to, you know, be a part of. But uh, uh, the other coaches I was dealing with had an older group, so they didn't have to really say much. Everybody, what was asking, which was known to be done, it was already done because these guys was professionals and stuff like that. I would say. Um, uh, and then from that, I mean, Rivera is just a solid coach. From that point on, he's just a guy that I know is going to get the job done, and that's why he said what he said and the way he said it. What do you think basically about the, the look of the secondary now and the fact that you guys did make a bunch of changes in the secondary uh, since last season? Yeah, I mean, the changes was, um, was I think, we really see how they go. Um, I like it. I enjoy it. I mean, I watched Darby. I watched Darby. I watched Darby. I know how these guys play. Um, 
never watched Sean D. It's my first time really know. Uh, I had to look up his look up his stats. I had to talk to uh, a couple guys that's from the Steelers to see how was his attitude towards everything and how he you know how he's how he run things. So just to get a background and stuff like that. But um, these guys are great pickups for our team. I'm looking forward to it. Um, I'm, I definitely will always miss Josh and um, Dunny. But uh, at the same time, look. We got to move on, and uh, we got to move on with what we got. And I think the team has picked um, great BBs that can put around me uh, and myself around them to to make this thing work. And um, I'm looking forward to that opportunity. It's, it's a blessing because I mean, I look, I watch these guys play, and they play really good. Why well, now, Landon? As a veteran guy, when, when you're not able to have teammates around. What can you do during an offseason like this virtually to try to help guys along in terms of even either whether it's kind of preparing them for what play is going to be like or motivating them? Um, all I can do for them, those these guys, is really just tell them, hey, I'm here, um, open line, ask me any questions about the league if you have any, but um, just to give them knowledge. But, I mean, I only, it's hard to give them knowledge when I'm not around them, but even if they have questions because usually vets tend to – feed off of what a guy is doing wrong or what a guy is doing right or if he has suggestions to give a guy, you know, and different aspects of what's going on in the league or what he should do for the league and to help himself. So uh, there's not much I can say over the phone to to do that, but all I can do is um, keep my line open. To, um, I think our rookie right now is Cam, Cameron Curl. And, is just just have an open line. If you have any questions and stuff like that, hey, I'm free to answer anything. Don't be scared to, because at the end of the day, we got to be a brother, brotherhood at the end of the day uh, on the back end and uh, make this make this cohesiveness. And that's the same thing with all my guys that have any questions. My mind is always open. All right, so that's Landon Collins right here on the Locked on Redskins podcast, part one coming up, part two. He'll talk about some of his thoughts on – Returning to work under the COVID-19 conditions, let's do this. We'll take a timeout. We'll come back. Part two of Landon Collins straight ahead. Again, time machine theme. We will have the 2000 Washington Redskins uh, for you coming up in this episode. And as well, we're here to tell you about our friends from Built Bar. That's right. BuiltBar.com. Try them out. Make sure they've got a ton of flavors. And guys, if you like a chocolate bar, right, you can't go to your local convenience store, Walmart, supermarket, get a chocolate bar that a traditional chocolate bar and enjoy it and also know that it's healthy for you and good for you. Oh, wait, you can. You can get that same experience, that same taste, that same chocolate rush, that same euphoria with a Built Bar. That's right. Check them out, BuiltBar.com. And the good news is on your first order, you save 10 bucks by using the promo code Locked On. It's BuiltBar.com, ton of different varieties, super low in sugar, super low in calories, high in protein, Built Bar. Check them out, BuiltBar.com. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team 
every day. All right, we're back here on the Locked on Redskins podcast. I'm your host, Chris Russell. You can follow me at WrestleMania621, the podcast at Locked Redskins. You can also read me, RedskinsReport.com, RedskinsReport.com. Lots of video up there from my guys uh, and myself covering the Washington Redskins 24-7, 365, and boy, do we mean it, uh, and all sorts of uh, news and interesting insight as well. Make sure you check out the Locked on Jaguars podcast, uh, Locked on Jaguars podcast as Jay Gruden met with the media so you can hear from the former Redskins head coach on Gardner Minshew and more Hmm. maybe we'll have some of that audio for you coming up later on in the week but back to Landon Collins wrapping it up what does he think about COVID and the rest of oh also who does he think is going to be a breakout star for the Redskins in the secondary? You'll want to hear this answer right now. Uh, you had a, a Twitter Q&A a couple weeks ago, and one name that you mentioned a couple times was Jimmy Moreland and how you think he might be poised for a breakout year. So I'm just wondering why Jimmy is a guy that's kind of sticking in your mind. Because Jimmy has Jimmy was supposed to have seven picks last year, and that was just off of athletic ability. You know what I mean? And, I mean, he was doing what he was supposed to do in, 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 in the game. But at the end of the day, he was, like, off off athleticism. And it's, it's rare to see that, you know? So I was like, that, he's going to be special because once he get it down and see it before it even happens, he could have jumped four easy for a pick six. He could have jumped four. And he just didn't trust himself within um, his ability to do those things. And then, you know, that's just a rookie just not being sure about what they see and what they want to do and just going forward. So that's what he, I think he has the confidence now that he has the, 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 the trust in uh, the field that we trust him and his ability to do something and we always going to have his back and cover him. I think that's what it is. And that's what it is as a rookie. That's how I know it was for me. I see things and don't do it because I was scared if somebody was going to get mad at me or a veteran get mad at me. <laughs> you know, it's all praise. We all trying to make plays. So, yeah, that's how that's why I feel that way about Jimmy. Hey, Landon, Sam Fortier with the Washington Post. Uh, last year and in, in years past, uh, there's been, you know, a little bit of – there's been optimism around the team, and then you've not had the year that, that you guys want to necessarily have. I wonder, does this year's optimism feel different at all? It feels different because of the coaching staff. I mean, we changed the whole – they changed the whole coaching staff. They went – we switched the defense around, and, and I don't – I mean, I can't speak offensively, but I know defensively, like, it was much needed. And when I talk about concepts, when I talk about rules, when I talk about setting stone things that need to happen within the defense, this this defense has it, has it all. Uh, like, has there been any meetings or anything you've seen from this coaching staff uh, that's kind of made you feel confident or, or given you that optimism? No, the guys just talking to them. They're talking to my defensive staff um, coaches. Um, and then and Rivera and knowing who we brought in, like, he's a coach and they all have coaching backgrounds that had great athletes and and made a killing, you know, with their team. So from that standpoint, I just look at it as it's going to be the same way. These guys got to literally buy in. If you buy in, you win. If you don't, you're going to, you know, don't fight here and there, you know. And uh, from that standpoint, we're going to make this thing work. Landon, hey, you talk about um, being a leader on that team and coach saying he wants you to continue with that. You're the guy that has to kind of call a lot of the adjustments out in the back end. You're also having to learn a new system with Jack Del Rio coming in here and Rivera. Has that changed the way you approach film study at all or what you can do to make sure when you are on the field that you're prepared for those adjustments? Uh, does it make me? No. This, I think this is what, my third, my third or fourth 
this is my third coach defensive staff, uh, defensive coordinator. So, no, I, I never changed my approach on how to study, how to look at uh, look at what I'm supposed to be doing. Oh, I look at what I'm supposed to be doing because um, it's second nature to me. I was I would say uh, is how you study the game and how I study the game within the defense and trying to figure out what I can and cannot do within the defense is what I work on my work on the most and. I ask questions about. I tell, like, literally, it was in the meetings the other day, and I was asking questions. Can I do this? Can we do this? If this was to happen, with you know, it's just finding ways to make certain adjustments and make certain things happen within the defense. Of defensive call. You just finished your campaign with Chef Mel to get supplies and food to health officials, first responders, and senior living centers. I'm wondering what's next to try and keep that momentum going because it seemed like it was a huge success for you and your foundation. Appreciate it, appreciate it. Yeah, the my foundation, the Humble Pet Foundation, is going fantastic. Uh, I, you say we ended the, you say we ended the, uh, the campaign. I mean, we really didn't end it. That was just a part that we stopped. I mean, not stopped, but we wanted to move somewhere else with it. I mean, we was helping the nurses. Now let's help the, the, the custodians that's cleaning up everything. Let's help the, the police officers that's on duty that's there helping those guys um, stay protected, stuff like that. So it's, it's never, we never have stopped yet. We just trying to help more than one one group of people you know um as much as we can we're gonna jump here there here there you know from different groups in our uh, in different communities and different parts of the city so yeah uh we don't stop i'll tell you that much but i appreciate you bringing it up and a quick follow-up are you going to try and recruit any teammates to participate in any of your future uh events or passing off of supplies and stuff uh, I'm gonna try. I'm gonna gotta see who's down there. I want to make sure it's safe. Uh, if anything, and then you know, the lesser the lesser people, the better control the environment can be. Um, so I'm not trying to you know bring the whole whole 15 guys. You know, I I just need maybe five. So I'm gonna see who's down there. I know uh, I got Dwayne down there. I know uh, I think John Allen is down there. I, I think I think he's down there. Yes, he's got the golf. They got off the phone with him with the, on the golf course. I know uh, Ryan Kerrigan is down there. I know Ryan Anderson, Deron Payne, and Sean Sean Dion Hamilton is down there. So got a couple of guys down there that I can ask to come through. So yeah, I'm definitely gonna have guys come through and help me out with my campaign. <laughs> what are your thoughts about resuming playing, considering the situation that that we're all dealing with with COVID nineteen? What What are your concerns, if you if any, that you have? Um, I really don't have any concerns. Um, I just want to get back to playing, <laughs> honestly. Uh, it's, it's big on me, and I'm you know, I just wanted to play. I just really want to play. Hey, man, and when you asked about Sean Davis, what did people have to say? What kind of things did you hear? I hear great things. Uh, he's very fast. Uh, knows how to how to run the how to run the sky, basically. If you want to say so, and from there. Uh, make things happen and he's doing a good job all right landon thanks for your time man appreciate it appreciate it you guys all right and that's landon collins we thank him for his time redskins pr as well redskins.com for the audio my guy brock plyman tom brock 
Plyman, uh, back in the 106.7 The Fan DC studios for turning that around and helping us out. Uh, with that coming up, we will have Jonathan Allen on the next episode of the Locked on Redskins podcast. Sure, we continue to bring you the newsmakers and the players and coaches from your favorite football team, the Washington Redskins. Back to finish it up with, again, time machine theme as we look at the 2000 Washington Redskins next on the Locked on Redskins podcast. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, we're back here on the Locked On Redskins podcast. We finish it up with our time machine theme as we look at the 2000 Washington Redskins. And boy, was it a doozy. The 69th season for the franchise in the NFL, 64th in D.C. Of course, your head coaches, Norv Turner, Terry Robisky on an interim basis, your record 8-8, eight and eight, did not qualify for the playoffs, finished in third place, three Pro Bowlers, and of course, it was the offseason that was dominated by splashy Dan Snyder, who acquired Bruce Smith, future Hall of Famer, Deion Sanders, future Hall of Famer, and Mark Carrier, right? Now, as we know, you know, Bruce Smith wasn't bad, uh, and he stayed with the team, actually, uh, for a couple of years. Um, I forget that he played that long. He was with them for, what, four years? 2000, 2001, 2002, 2003. Um, and Carrier and Sanders left after just one year. Now, of course, Sanders came back into the NFL a couple of years later and played for the Baltimore Ravens. Also, the Redskins had... LeVar Arrington and Chris Samuels as the second and third overall picks. How did this team go eight and eight? I mean, this is just symbolic of the Washington Redskins, right? Do all these big splashy moves, have the second and third overall pick and wind up eight and eight and wind up eight and eight. Uh, They were 10 and six in 1999 and won the division and eight and eight started the year six and two. And again, had the number two and number three overall pick. Ray Rhodes was the defensive coordinator. Again, North Turner, the offense of uh, the head coach. Um, you know, Russ Grimm was coaching the offensive line. People that forget about that. But here's the thing. When you put such a priority on big names and a certain prototype, like Jeff George was, you know, a guy who just fit the prototype of what, the Oakland Raiders tried to do for so long, which is big arm quarterbacks, you know, that could throw the ball deep down the field to really fast receivers who didn't couldn't run routes, but they could run really fast. That's what Al Davis wanted. And that's what Al Davis drafted. And that's what Al Davis believed in. And Al Davis did a lot of good for the NFL and the Raiders franchise, but he didn't always do good because that's what he wanted and that's what he believed in. Well, Jeff George was the kind of quarterback that fit that mold, right? Big arm, lack of huge mobility, kind of stubborn, uh, you know, made some mistakes and just 
just believed that he could fire everything in or over or around, and he just couldn't. And he just couldn't. So North Turner gets fired late part of that season, and the Redskins are falling apart. And, you know, listen, when you start off 6-2, and two, remember they started off, those two losses came in weeks 2 and 3 at Dallas and home for Detroit. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, at Detroit, home Dallas. And then they got back on track and won five games in a row at the Giants, Tampa, at Philadelphia, Baltimore, at Jacksonville. Before coming back to FedEx Field, losing to the Tennessee Titans, and then losing a one-point game in Arizona before the bye. They came out of the bye with a win in St. Louis over the Rams, and then somehow inexplicably lost four games in a row before winning their season finale. Again, the Giants were great that year, 12-4, and Eagles 11-5. and uh, The bottom line is this. When you have such incredible focus on sexy and splashy uh, and doing things that are going to create a lot of buzz and a lot of headlines, you get what you deserve. You get what you deserve. And for a guy like Norv Turner, who's widely thought of as one of the best offensive minds, it was his sixth season as the head coach. He was fired right after week 14 ended. The Redskins were seven and six. You know, again, they were not bad, but they weren't anywhere near as great as Dan Snyder thought they would be, as much as the expectations had them being. But who's, like, there was never a plan to, I guess, again, kind of build off of what you did in 1999. There was, hey, let's try and do the sexy thing. Let's try and really ramp it up. And let's try and make the Redskins America's team, if you will. And that was a problem. That was a problem. Because in 1999, they won the division, and they won a playoff game. Remember against Detroit? At FedEx Field? You know? And that was where everything was kind of turning right and, and heading in the right direction. But no, it wasn't good enough to have Brad Johnson. Brad Johnson would go on for future success, right, under John Gurdon in Tampa. But it wasn't good enough for Dan Snyder, and it wasn't good enough for the Redskins in 2000. They had to kind of screw things up. And, you know, obviously the organization has continued to struggle since then. Has never maybe really recovered from that in some way, shape, or form. You can tie it all to the year 2000. All right, that's going to do it for us right here on the Locked On Redskins podcast. Coming up in the next episode, we will continue our time machine theme with a look at the 2010 Washington Redskins. Mike Shanahan, Bruce Allen, Donovan McNabb. Whew, man, a lot going on there. That was uh, my second year on the beat, my first year with the Redskins organization. And boy, was it 
crazy. Lots of stories. Lots of fun stories we'll have for you on Time Machine theme, uh, plus Jonathan Allen as well. We'll have that all for you on our next episode of the Locked on Redskins podcast. Don't forget to go check out BuiltBar.com. Get $10 off your first order using the promo code LOCKEDON at BuiltBar.com. Great chocolate tasting bars. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.